The views and opinions expressed on WXOJLP are solely those of the original hosts of their respective programs. These views and opinions do not necessarily represent those of Valley Free Radio Incorporated, its volunteers, or any other hosts, guests, or programs on this station. Hello, and welcome to Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio. WXOJLP 103.3 FM out of Northampton, Massachusetts. I'm Michael Dow, hosting tonight, and I'm joined by John Roberts pushing the buttons. Click, clack. And uh, special guest Dan Torres uh, from Collateral Banter is here once again, uh, stepping hey. in as uh, Sue Timberlake is off uh, on a uh, secret mission doing something. Honestly, I don't know, but Sue couldn't make it tonight, so Dan was nice enough to step in. So, <laughs> thanks, thanks for having me. Well, thanks for being had. And uh, yeah, so we have a lot of sad and somber and important stuff to talk about because, hey, that's the way the world is. But before we get to that, I do just like to say that we really do appreciate hearing from our listeners. And uh, especially when they have uh, perspectives that we haven't considered or that I'm not considering, or that we haven't talked about enough. Uh, it's a great way for us to, uh, uh, I don't know, do a better show and actually get to things that you guys want us to talk about. So you can email us, uh, civilpoliticsradio at valleyfreeradio.org. Tweet at us, uh, at civilpoliticsfm. Facebook.com slash civilpoliticsradio is our community there. And finally, uh, we do have our own website, which is quite simply civilpoliticsradio.com. And that's got recordings of previous episodes of the show, the occasional supplemental episode we do, and other good stuff. And, uh, and Dan, actually, you, you've got a link to your site, uh, which I know will go, go in the show notes. So, uh, I, so uh, we are, you know, a couple of months past the president having been impeached and the Senate scandalously refusing to, to uh, pay attention to the evidence presented. Uh, we are over 40 million people unemployed, I think. I believe uh, so. And, you know, it's only like only about 1.8 million people applied for unemployment uh, over the past week. So that's better but still it's disgustingly high and we've had uh we're approaching 110,000 Americans dead of COVID-19 that we know of uh Florida for example says that they don't have a lot of cases but they uh their their rate of deaths from pneumonia has tripled so uh you know perhaps someone might you might our listeners might want to make an inference or two there and yet that really isn't what we are going to talk about tonight because, uh, yeah, because, uh, what was it? 10 days ago? Um, I can't remember the date, but it was not all too recently. Uh, and yet it already seems, uh, like this has been going on for some time. Uh, a officer, a police officer in in Minneapolis, Minnesota, it was uh, May 25th, by the way. May 25th, right. So that's, yes, that's 10 days. Mm -hmm. So uh, I forget the officer's name, but he doesn't matter. Um, Derek Sh uh, Chauvin. Oh, yes. he matters. Well, 
All right, but I mean, what matters is he's been uh, he's uh, been fired from the police. He's been arrested, and he's been charged with second degree murder. And the other three officers who looked on while he uh, asphyxiated George Floyd. There's the name that matters, George Floyd. Uh, one, all too many names that matter, but uh, George Floyd was murdered by. Well, I, I, I allege that he was murdered. He certainly died uh, while in custody, as uh, Officer Chauvin was was kneeling on his neck, um, and uh, he and the other officers have all been. Uh, charged uh, for their role in his death. And the protests about this, uh, it's, it's like what happened in Ferguson after Michael Brown was killed, but it's, it's all over the country and indeed all over the world. There are protests uh, in Europe, Australia, uh, somebody, uh, it's heartbreaking to me, but somebody actually did a mural commemorating George Floyd uh, in Syria you know, in the middle of one of the most horrific civil wars of the last hundred years, and somebody took the time to make art to remember George Floyd. Uh, I, yeah. 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 Um, I say that the, the officer's name is important, not, be, not because uh, it's as important as um, Mr. Floyd's, but because we can't forget that uh, he's a person that made a decision. Yes, and he's a member true. of a uh, of a group that made that decision. Uh, we can't forget that the police are a monolith. Uh, they they are made up of people who have decided to act like this. So uh, I don't want. Um, on the one hand, I. I don't want that dehumanized. And on the other hand, we need to think about the wider picture of the police and, and the, the concept of police in general. Yeah. And that's, that, that's a, that's a hugely important thing. And, uh, and, and he definitely, he had time to think about what he was doing. Plenty of time. Oh yeah. Like nine minutes. Right. So. Sorry, Dan. It looked like you're about to say something. And I was just gonna, I was just gonna add. You know what? And three people stood by, too. Right. And I think like you can't really forget that. And uh, I don't know how you see that, even wearing the uniform, and not remove the officer, right? Like off his neck, or tell him like, "What are you doing?" Yeah. Right? I, like I can't, I can't watch the full video for for eight and a half, nine minutes without yeah. wanting to go over there and be like, "What is? What are you doing?" Yeah. You know, within more than one second on somebody's neck, does he get that that's a human, right? But, but like yeah. John was talking about, like this involves much bigger issues. It's uh, right. uh, cultural of policing. I mean, it's deep. It's structural and uh, systemic. Huh. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and, and and it's 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 I I I I agree. And I think it's noteworthy that even when you have moments like uh, the. The, the county sheriff or the chief of police, I'm not sure who it was, but the, the head police guy in Flint, Michigan, uh, you know, gave a stirring speech and, the, you know, asked if he could march for the crowd and they said yes, and he did. And, you know, and, his, and his, his, his force was cool. Like, you know, that, that, 
the fact that that is such an exception, like that that needs to, that that's worth pointing out, not just because it's, it's nice to see some human decency, but also because like, you know, that's not, you know, that's not like the norm. That I think says a lot about just how bad our system of policing is. And, and I just want to add, you know, uh, even if it were true, as is sort of the right wing talking point that like, oh, really, it's just a few bad apples. It's like, remember, that old expression is a few bad apples spoil the barrel. You don't need to have many rotten apples to ruin everything. And that's the problem. I would posit that. Yeah. It it it's not a few bad apples. Oh, it's a, that is a that is not a good term because it's not it's not like there's a few bad people and the re and the rest of them are fine. If you are a police officer and you see something like that happening, any violation of civil of civil rights or an attack on a citizen, and you do nothing, then you're complicit. And you are a bad apple. That is, it is non-negotiable. You are, you have power, you have weaponry. And if you, if you side with this person that is killing someone or hurting someone or assaulting someone, then, uh, then you are not a good person. Full stop. And the, the thing, the thing about the, uh, the cops like kneeling with the protesters or making these speeches and everything like that, that screw that. And I am holding myself back here. Screw that. Because that means nothing unless it is followed up by a specific set of things moving forward. You need, you need oversight. You need to go through all the officer, officer's records and point out any and see if there's a, uh, any pattern of what's going on. You need to lobby your governor for a statewide, a statewide uh, coverage of um, looking into records and having a statewide oversight committee. You need to do all of this. I don't care if you're kneeling. Good for you. Because in New York, the, the cops kneeled and an hour later they were tossing tear gas into peaceful protesters. Your, your photo op does not matter. Your speech does not matter unless it's backed up with action. I, and you said that we're going to be talking about something somber and important. It's infuriating. It is also infuriating. And I have been mad for a solid week. It is exhausting, more so than just being black in America. It is exhausting. Anyway, yeah, that's going to come up a lot. <laughs> um, but I, I, I think I think you're you're on to something. What you were talking about standards, and I, I think that those have to be a national standards. I mean, I, I think this is where federal leadership has to say, you know what, you got to outlaw the those chokeholds and other ways to you know uh, try to block off somebody's oxygen supply. And if you don't do that, 
Um, I, I, you know, you, what you'll see is 10 states adopt the policy, but 25 won't, right? Mm-hmm. And then you'll see this like hodgepodge. And look, I, I'm not here to say that the European police model is perfect and that should be the paradigm to follow because they certainly have their own cases. But if anybody goes and looks at the aggregate number of police shootings, death by police, right, compared to the United States, it is so radically lower that the United States is far in aberration compared to all of them. And by the way, those who think that Europe is all white, okay, need to (laughs) dig in just a little bit into the demographics of almost all of those countries. Great Britain has about 8% Asian population about four to five percent black population, Uh, there is diversity in those countries. So, you know, you can do something proportionally to look at and to see, like, is there a model around the world that doesn't come out with these results? I am going to, I'm sorry, what were you saying? I'm Uh, sorry. No, no, Uh, no, go ahead. In the the show notes um, on on the website and uh, on if you're listening on podcast in the show notes there, I'm going to, there's going to be a lot of links, but um, among them, most importantly, there are going to be links to how you can, how you can support uh, protesters, bail funds, things like that. But also there is a movement called eight can't wait. uh, And there's going to be a link to that. These eight, these eight policy changes can together can reduce police violence by 72%. Banning chokeholds and strangleholds require de-escalation, require warning before shooting, exhaust all other means before shooting, duty to intervene, ban shooting at moving vehicles, require use of force continuum, and require comprehensive reporting. If we if we get all of that, and you can look at the white website, it's 8cantwait.org. If you can look at all that, and we implement that on a national scale. People more, like less people will die. And that's what it's all about. That is what everything's all about. Less people dying. Black, white, all, like tons of people, they get, they get killed by the police. And they shouldn't be. Yeah. And again, the police are there to serve the community, right? In theory. No. Right? Like that, no. that's what they put on their thing, right? Like that's, that's what they say, but that is not legally what they're there to do. They're there to, to uphold and, and they're there to uphold the law. That is by the Supreme Court. And I can, po- I can post an article about that too. Unless they give a specific, if they specifically say that they're going to help you, they're not under a legal requirement to help you. They, if you are getting robbed at gunpoint, they're there to stop the criminal because robbing is illegal. They are not there to save you from the robbing. If they, they can wait until the crime is committed and then catch the robber. That is their job. Yes, they are law enforcement. Yes, they are not, they are not peace officers. No matter what they, they are, they are police officers they are law enforcement officials but it's and i just want to break i i hate to intervene there again but i i just want to break that that notion that they're there to protect and serve that is a slogan hmm. that um they it's marketing it's it, just like kneeling it's marketing it's yeah. market it's 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 uh it's there to placate but the police are not really there to 
help us. What was oh. the Supreme Court ruling, if you don't mind me asking? Um, I gotta, I gotta look it up, but um, there is a video about a specific situation about uh, someone that stopped and attacked while police officers were were looking on, and when he sued the city, uh, they they said that they that the police officers didn't um, submit a a uh, a declaration that they were going to help. So they were under no legal obligation to help. I will post that as well on the on the website. Yeah, the, the jurisprudence around what the police have to do and what they can, what they can do is actually uh, it, it it goes well beyond what uh, is actually defined in statute. It's it's kind of fascinating how uh, a lot of you know quote unquote conservative judges who preach the doctrine of textualism and originalism, uh, nevertheless have created out of whole cloth this whole doctrine of qualified immunity, uh, which you may have heard about. I have. Right. And, and in a nutshell, qualified immunity is, well, you know, it's okay for cops to do something violent that would otherwise be bad uh, if they're doing it uh, in the pursuit of their duties, and it's not like a clearly enumerated right. So it gets to the point where uh, uh, charges have been thrown out against police officers for stealing $200,000 from a guy because that's not a clearly enumerated right, that you have a right not to have your money stolen by police officers. So, yeah. And, and, and other rights include apparently... Uh, other non-enumerated rights include, you know, being able to be in your own home or on your own property and not be shot and killed and all kinds of stuff like that. So, uh, you think, yes. Um, one of the, one of the things I think that, well, all right. So one of the things I wanted to talk about that, that certainly has caught my attention, uh, was, uh, Arkansas T Senator Tom Cotton wrote, a, an astonishing, uh, editorial that was published in the New York Times. Uh, and uh, there is sidebar a lot of argument over whether or not the Times should have published that at all. And I, I, I'm sympathetic to the discussion, to the, to the point that, uh, you know, a racist diatribe calling for uh, uh, sort of unbridled police violence against, uh, you know, uh, against uh, Americans is is uh, unconscionable. But I do think it is newsworthy that a, a sitting US Senator actually believes that we should just deploy military force. Uh, and, you know, it, well, because people are in the streets demonstrating about how upset they are. And he, and he calls the troops in order to quell the protesters. Yes, and yeah. he's, he's, he's called for no quarter, which, you know, don't accept a surrender. So I will say that I, I do believe that he had no idea what that actually means. <laughs> well, I mean, that's possible. I think that he, he was an idiot that didn't know what that actually means. <laughs> so I'm going to forgive him for that. Cause I think he's just dumb. Um, I will say that, yes, it is news that a, a sitting Senator is calling for the military to come into the, uh, into 
onto the to basically start a war with with protesters they didn't that is news they can report on that they didn't need to give him a soapbox if he was at a press conference and he was saying these things or tweeting them or whatever then the new york times saying look at what he said this is what he said that would be one thing but they actually gave him a page to actually say all these things with without any like context see but that's i, I think is the the really yeah Bad the lack of thing. context is, is I think, the real issue. Because it'd be one thing if he said, so we think it's noteworthy that we have a sitting senator calling for this. You know, what the hell? This is a sign of how, you know, like, like sure, put that on the editorial page and have, a, you know, have other editorials talking about how crazy that is and how, how disturbing that is and how wrong that is. Mm -hmm. You know, like, like it, 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 I'm not saying there's no place for it in the New York Times, but it doesn't deserve to be treated with the same uh, neutral, uh, not exactly deference or acceptance, but, you know, it doesn't need the imprimatur of the New York Times, um, in a sense, by just being presented on their editorial page like, you know, an editorial about how, gosh darn it, Mayor de Blasio needs to do something about these gall darn potholes, yeah. <laughs> you know? It's like an editorial in the New York the Times uh, gives an air of legitimacy. Yes. Um, so it, you 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 have to be really careful. They have to be really careful about who they give that soapbox to, and they have been good about and it and how they've they been very it. bad about it. Yeah. <laughs> so, yes. And, 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 and how they give them that soapbox too. Yeah. And what are we saying, Dan? It, it won't work. I mean, I don't think he gets, he thinks that if he deploys the, the federal troops, that that alone will stop people from breaking windows and doing that. And he, I think he just doesn't understand the, the reality today of protests and how they are different. And it's like, what are the troops going to do? Are they going to line up on every single street corner of a city? They're not. And maybe they will stop some but they're not going to stop all, especially if they're driving by cars, as I think was referenced in either that article or another one that I read. He doesn't understand. They're distributed through networks. There's no centralized hierarchy giving orders and doing these things. And yeah. the troops aren't even trained to be, what, gathering intelligence on these guys and going after them? And then what? Arresting them? Do they have Miranda rights? I mean, they're opening up. To me, this is like, you know, Third, I mean, third world dictatorship is, is essentially where America is headed. I mean, I, I, it sounds like extreme. You know, four years, five years ago, if I said that to most people, to most people here, they would have been like, Dan, you're crazy, right? And, and I just think like, it, you have like three and a half, four years of seeing this country's democracy just deteriorate, I think in an accelerating pace. And everybody I say that to says, Dan, it's been doing that for a long time. And I'm like, that's true, but I think we've reached a point where this can't continue uh, too much longer without it either breaking. I mean, this is this, this is, is like a perfect right storm. Yeah. yeah, this is a perfect storm of of people rising up because uh, we've everybody's been stuck inside for like a couple months. People have lost their jobs. Our unemployment is is hasn't been this high since the Great Depression um Beyond. the uh then 
then the the states are opening up too early before that before that we had protesters these 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 protesters strapped with rifles walking around state capitals and trying to basically push their way into the uh the state the state capitol buildings and just screaming at the officers and nothing happening then um another black man gets killed in a horrific way completely filmed and then nothing happens all of this all of this means that people are frustrated they're mad they're they they they're trying to everybody has been trying their best during this pandemic to do the right thing on average everybody has been trying that and and then it just all falls apart and then so this is this i mean if everybody was at work he didn't if he didn't screw up the pandemic thing and everybody was at work this wouldn't this wouldn't have exploded this much there wouldn't be like the the inklings of a literal revolution to to deal with no i i i I agree i think it is it is those combinations and i just gotta say uh i don't i think the protesters know that they're going out there and they are putting themselves at risk, and not just themselves, but their families. Yeah. And, and uh, to be doing that um, with massive amounts of unemployment already in the country, the fact that we've all been inside for, uh, I don't know, six weeks or eight weeks now at this point, you kind of lose track of when it all hit. Um, this is like, we're going to be limping into November. And... Um, you know, and then you read an article like Cotton's, uh, it is just startling what could happen in four years. Uh, if that is the attitude they are going to take, I mean, at some point, America is just going to look itself in the mirror and it, it will be hard to distinguish it from other authoritarian states that could have military troops on the street, a president accumulating power, corrupting the office for his own personal gain. And if there's anything about Trump, that is what he has done mm-hmm. in many instances for his own personal enrichment. I mean, it, it, it is um, a, a startling reality that that is where we are as we approach November. And another four years, I just don't know how I'll make it. I, I just don't see how that would be possible. Yeah, but uh, hashtag never Biden, right? I, I mean, I haven't said that. <laughs> I don't know how you guys. No, feel I'm just saying. That. I'm just saying that, that, like people, like people, like I no, mean, like two months ago, yeah. people were saying that. <laughs> so I, this is what I wanted to say, and I know we don't have a lot of time left, but uh, you know, if you believe that the country can't be fixed, that a lot of these things that we're going through can't be fixed, then I think it's really hard to get into a political project to strategize, to try to find solutions. But if you're already at that state, it sort of doesn't matter if Trump wins or loses, right? It, it you sort of kind of just accept that this is where we are, we aren't gonna change, and this is the way we're gonna go, but it's gonna get so much worse and dire. And uh, I mean, I, I just know it can get worse, a lot worse oh, yeah. than what we're seeing. Things can get bad, really oh, yeah. bad. On yeah, economic absolutely. front, social it, indicators can start going down. Life expectancies start to fall even faster than it did the last three years. Um, so, Oh, yeah, absolutely. 
And I, well, there's a lot more to say about this, but we are at the point where we should take our halfway through the show break. So uh, we're going to take a moment, uh, play some PSAs, promos, and station IDs, and appease the FCC. And then we'll be back with more civil politics here on Valley Free Radio. So don't go away. We'll be right back. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. It's important to make sure your family has a plan in case of an emergency. We talked to this family to see if each of them knew where to meet if they were not together when something happened. If a natural disaster happened and we were outside the home, we would all meet at the park. That's our meeting point. I meet with our neighbor's house because she is my mom's good friend. We all have a meeting spot, which is a bus stop. Is your plan any better? To learn more about making an emergency plan for your family, go to www.mass.gov MEMA. Brought to you by the Ready Massachusetts U.S. Department of Homeland Security and the Ad Council. Science is real, from the Big Bang to DNA. Join me for Evidence-Based Radio, Friday nights from 6 to 7 p.m. to learn more about science and skepticism. You can find me online at facebook.com slash evidence-based radio or email questions or topic requests to evidencebasedradio at gmail.com. That's Friday nights from 6 to 7 on Valley Free Radio. Have you always loved to read but find it hard to do these days? Forbes Library offers a variety of alternatives to keep you reading long into the night. A large selection of large print books, audiobooks, and easy-to-use e-books and e-audiobooks are available to borrow. You will find bestsellers, classics, and nonfiction offerings. Forbes Library is now affiliated with the National Library Service to provide audiobooks, magazines, and even the daily news for people with vision loss, difficulty holding traditional book or newspaper formats, and for people with certain learning disabilities. Our staff is happy to help you find just the book in just the right format. Call 413-587-1013 to find out more. Table of Contents is a weekly music program that assembles an assortment of songs and sounds of many genres, and which may entail literally taking a random collection of musical sources off the shelf and giving them a turn on the table or spin in a CD or tape player. Each week presenting shows which can at times be organized orderly and at other times perhaps be not as much so, yet never dull. Tune in Friday nights, 10 p.m. till midnight on WXOJ LP, Northampton 103.3 FM. I'm Rachel Maddow with the Pioneer Valley Planning Commission and the Franklin Regional Council of Governments for Valley Free Radio. Reminding you that legally, bicycles are vehicles and bicyclists have the same rights and responsibilities and should observe the same rules as motorists. For more information on bicycle rights and safety, go to www.massbike.org. Hey, this is Wendy, host of Valley Free Radio's subculture music program featuring new wave, post-punk, indie, and electronic music from the 70s to today. Join me every Friday night from 8 to 10 p.m. here on WXOJ or stream it live from your favorite listening device at valleyfreeradio.org. And we're back with Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio, WXOJLP 103.3 FM out of Northampton, Massachusetts. I'm still Michael Dow. 
I'm still trying not to talk too much and get in the way of John or Roberts as he uh, unloads some of his frustration with, the, with our nation uh, in tonight's episode. And we're also joined by special guest Dan Torres of Collateral Banter. Uh, yeah. <laughs> good, good to have you here, Dan. And, Thank uh, you. Thanks for having uh, me. Yeah, John, I, I just, I, I wanted to jump in for a moment because I thought you and Dan were making some really great points in the, in the first half. And I just want to say, um, one of the central, one of the central truths about our political system, of course, is politics, you know, political power derives from the consent of the governed. People have to go along with what you're saying and what, you, what you're doing. And policing is part of that. Um, Ultimately, a police force uh, is only effective when people go, yeah, well, you know, they recognize its legitimacy. They're, they're willing to, you know, the cop has, has lights flashing behind you, you pull over and he gives you a ticket and you go, whatever, and you, you accept it. Um, and if you aren't, if, if one isn't willing to do that and accept that because the social contract is... Uh, sufficiently enticing that that the benefits of society and uh, the uh, uh, structure the, the the power structure of it doesn't seem so terrible that you're willing to go yeah okay whatever this is more or less legit I'm for it you know if they if they don't have your willing consent then they have to have your unwilling consent and that's when they start breaking out the tear gas and the rubber bullets and then the bullet bullets, and that's when you wind up with martial law and tyranny and uh, the police saying no quarter. And that's that's and, that's and, and attacks on journalists, if I may. Yes, add. I was Ab just going to say oh, that. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, absolutely, which, absolutely. Which, which on the one hand uh, is a great way of keeping people from finding out what's really going on, but also when. You, when, when we have attacks on journalists that are as blatant as, say, the cops beating up that camera crew from Australia, for example, at Lafayette Park, um, yeah, it, it's just, it sends the message that like, yeah, no, it, you, you, can, you can acquiesce or you can get stepped on because that's it. It, it. it increases the intimidation factor. Um, on, my, I, on my personal Twitter, which is at Press Start Lock, on, on there um any like i see these tweets about about the police just beating up people or assaulting people there was one video that i saw where uh the cops were surrounding a young woman they grab her and they grope her and then when she says get off and she struggles away they like hit her with batons yep. anytime i see that i just post i retweet it and i say the police are out of control because they're out of completely out of control the best way to explain that is that when you your organization you want it to survive like you you are the police you want to continue being a police officer and you want to continue that power structure why in god's name would you fire pepper pepper bullets at a journalist live on tv it's idiotic <laughs> why would you do that 
I just don't think they care. I mean, I I don't know. They're out of control. Like, if they were actually thinking, like, we need to preserve our power structure and everything like that, having a monolith of, like, just a bunch of officers in a row all wearing the same thing, they look like stormtroopers. Okay, you can't pick out one or anything like that. You can just... And they're hiding their back. But, like, yeah, but you... But firing like directly at a camera crew arresting a like people that are clearly journalists what do you think is going to happen right like arresting that cnn crew that was what a week ago now that those guys were yeah and they just they arrested the 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 reporter then they arrested the cameraman then they arrested they just arrested them all and it's like you know we're from cnn you know we're live we're doing yeah, he, this. Wait, hold on. And he told them this. Yeah, yeah exactly. He, he, he described who he was. Yeah. And, and, and then that... Um, and, and he you said, know, you want us to move, we'll move. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The, and, and then the governor had to apologize for that move yeah. an hour and a half later. But it's well, like... Thank, yeah. uh, well, I'm glad the governor at least did. But I'm wondering those officers who placed the... Who made those arrests, what happened to oh, them? Oh, nothing's going to happen to them. Uh, nothing. Nothing no, at all. Right. No. You're not going to hear about them anymore. I mean, the, I, the thing that really like struck me and just made me laugh for a straight five minutes was the was that was that clip where people from like the wave action news three like a local affiliate in tennessee were reporting and the and this one cop just starts like shooting pepper pepper balls at them like directly like aiming and firing at them and okay so I understand that the president keeps saying that the, the, the media, the news people are, are enemies of the people. Okay, if that's ringing in your head, if you see a CNN person, th- if you're indoctrinated that much, then you might, you might go after them. But this is like Action News 5. Like the next story is going to be about like the crops that are, that are, that are getting uh, – t- it's just so dumb. Well, and it's, it's so dumb. Like, what so are they doing? Well, and it's local news. So these are the people who like come and like report on, you know, your police department all the time. Like you, you probably know the, each other, you know, it's like, oh yeah, those, those, you know, like even if they don't know that particular officer, that officer probably has seen him on TV. That's probably why they fired on him. Police yeah. hate, hate the media. Well, Police hate I, news people. Maybe they're trying to control the narrative and they believe that if they, you know, hit the media that will go and spread and maybe scare off other media journalists from taking a risk and going to cover it. And so maybe that will control the ability to distribute information out wide. Uh, You know, I'm I'm to my conspiracy theory or whatever, but I, you know, maybe it's a threat to be like, you want to come down here and you want to take photographs and you want to record videos that you then distribute and say that the police are doing this to all people. We will. And we will do it in full force and blatantly hurt you to send a message. It will partially blind you. Yeah. Well, and, and you know, they've attacked news crews on the streets. And also I've seen plenty of videos of them shooting at people in their homes, you know, like somebody up on a balcony looking down at the street in Los Angeles and the LAPD opened fire on them with. They were on their porch. Well, and they, yeah, another uh, people in uh, I think in Virginia, they, uh, they they the cops were coming by and yelled at them to get in, and when they wouldn't, you know, step off their own porch, you know, on their own private property, the uh, the cops started shooting at them, and you know that's um, 
sorry. Like, as a, as a member of a, a good standing of the country club, I find that particularly shocking. Because, like, one of the most basic functions of our legal system is to deal with property. Like, who owns it? How do they own it? How do you get it? What happens if somebody messes with it, you know, breaks it or steals it or whatever? And, you know, so property rights are one of the key cornerstones of how uh, we think about rights in America, the whole concept of human rights. And it was, you know, uh, uh, the formulation of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness is uh, adapted from John Locke, life, liberty, and property. So like this is, this is a very long standing idea uh, that property and, and the concept of rights to it are uh, sort of inextricably linked. In, can, we, uh, can, can I make a point with that? I, what, so when the cops are, who are there to uphold the law, to enforce the law are like, nah, screw it. Like that, you know, I mean, you know, what, what, what would have happened if the people in the house had, had opened fire in return, you know, invoking the castle doctrine, like this is our home. They You're attacking a- us. Like they'd be dead. Yeah, sure. But would they, I mean, after all, what if they were, I mean, you know, yes. they were white, right? No, they'd be dead. Wow. They'd be if they if they if the police open fire or I think that was like the police in the National Guard or whatever. If they hit them and then they went and got a gun and then started firing it back, they would they would be dead because <laughs> the police in the National Guard have far more firepower than 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 a private citizen can, for the most part. Um, <laughs> yeah. I would, I just wanted to say like when you, when you like taking, taking your, uh, taking how you were explaining property rights and how it's, it's inextricably, I can't speak, how it's very linked to, uh, to how we uphold the law or police people. Property is incredibly hard to acquire. And there are certain people that have been denied having property. So if you are a person that doesn't own land or have their own space and can call it their own, then you have less rights than someone who does. Absolutely true. Can I, and it's may, disgusting. May like I ask if one they're homeless wait, wait, or if they're, uh, uh, if they're renting, you know. if they're renting a house. Oh yeah, but I mean, you know, like people who are renting, but also people, they're people who like don't have a home. They're, you know, they're, they're homeless. Uh, and then of course, you know, uh, uh, there's, if you don't have like a proper legal address, even if you uh, do in theory have like property that you uh, own, like it also means that you have trouble voting and getting on the tax rolls and all kinds of stuff like that. So it, it goes beyond like that basic right of self-defense. Like this is my property. I'm standing my ground on it and defending it. You know, a man's home is his castle. Like that's, uh, it, you're right. It's a whole huge, uh, very. If you don't have a castle, ugly. then you can't defend yourself. Right. Exactly. And and yeah. and and boy, and that also is is hard in a in a COVID uh, uh, coronavirus crisis when people are supposed to stay home and quarantine themselves if you don't have anywhere to go. 
I'm sorry, Dan, you were, you're trying to. No, I was just going to add that, you know, I, I think in the context of what's going on today, there is a difference between in the context of what's going on today, there's a difference between, you know, protecting property and protecting life because mm -hmm. property can be remade. It can regenerate and people's lives can't there is a certainty in death right and yeah. um, i think that that you know when we start comparing i think like property and life i think we have to distinguish that life is much more complex than property a broken window can be remade you know yes it does require money but you know like that is different than life um, Not so, if you're Senator Tom Cotton, because after all, that's what's really upsetting. You know, yeah, I, yeah. There's, there's, there's and, and his and his ability to say that we've used troops in the past, and that's why we should be using troops now. But we were using troops in the past, right? For a <laughs> just cause, right? And to, this to is. Enforce Rights legislation. That's right yeah, yeah. to enforce laws and legislation, and now it's being used to repress people. And if you think people won't notice that difference, I mean, how stupid do you think the people are? That's my question to him. You know, I think that that gets at uh, one of the the. So, uh, you know, Tom Cotton is a white supremacist. I mean, I don't know if he would uh, be comfortable acknowledging that, but he is, and. Uh, you know, the, the, the core uh, element, the, 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 the central point of that ideology is, you know, racism. And, you know, racism is, is wrong, it's evil, it's bad, um, as we know. But remember, the reason why racism is bad, like the fundamental pro problem with, with the thing that makes racism corrupt just inherently and completely, is because it's based on the concept of race and race is a lie. And when you try and make sense of the world around you and one of your fundamental premises is a lie and it's a dangerous destructive lie at that, then you, know, you wind up being illogical, you wind up being crazy, you wind up not making sense and, and, saying, and, and caring more about stuff than about people. Uh, because you know you have you know you're looking through the wrong end of the of the of the metaphorical telescope, and that I think is inherent in all of these discussions about uh, the history of American you know law enforcement and jurisprudence and and human rights, you know because you know all, all of this discussion. Uh, you know, inextric you know, inextricably has to circle back to the simple reality of slavery, of that, you know, our nation uh, was conceived in liberty, uh, but also conceived by a bunch of people who uh, enslaved others and forced them to do their bidding. You know? Uh, the origins and, of the and, police are really from uh, people that were enforcing um, and and capturing slaves. So really, I, yep. So hmm. so okay, question okay. for you about that. Um, what does that mean for the institution? Does the, is it is it something that we can fix, 
or do you have to tear it down and build something new or do you just tear it down? Because I, you know, I, I, uh, I've been having that conversation with quite a few people at work and, uh, you know, what to do with the institutions that have this legacy, like you, you were talking about. Are you um, talking specifically about the police? police? Or? Oh yeah. Yeah. That, or, I mean, but there are, it's certainly bigger than even the police. You know, if you look at other institutions of the country, I mean, the found, like you were talking about, uh, the founding of the country, um, and the history of that, right. It's like the genocide of native America. I mean, you can, you can go and, and find these things. It was like, what, what, are they fixable? Are the institutions fixable despite that history yeah. uh, of the slave patrol? <laughs> specifically? I don't know. I'm not, I'm not saying I have an answer, but um, I wonder what you guys think about that. Um, I, uh, we only have a few minutes left, so I'd like to have a, I'd like to say a quick thing about that and then um, say something else, if that's all right. Sure. To close out the show, Mike, is Wait. that all right? S certainly. No, I, well, I would just add very simply, Dan, uh, I hope they can be reformed because, uh, you know, I've been the product of that society and those institutions and those conceptions, uh, you know, for I hope so years. too, but there are a lot of people who just at this point, right. I'm, 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 I recognize that I may be wrong. Uh, I don't know. I hope we can, I hope that the, that there is a kernel of goodness that can be preserved uh, and that can grow into something better, but I don't know. So John, me too, yeah. that's, that's me. What do you think? Uh, so there, because of everything that's going on, I wanted to, to speak directly about a few things. And these, I want to say, these are, again, my opinions uh, and they do not reflect the, the rest of the show. Um, so opinions, cetera, here it goes. One, the police as an organization is is completely is completely like out of control. The uh, the things that we can do with the police, the things that are possible because of the way our society is set up, we're not going to be able to completely defund the police, dismantle them, and uh, put in new new systems. It's just right now, it's just not going to happen. Um, so what we can do is the eight can't wait thing that I was talking about before. Again, look in the, the description for the link and uh, to reduce the amount of violence that the police as an organization does, does to people. Um, I do want to say in this, some, something I feel very, very strongly about uh, when we're talking about um, what, if you want to talk about how you feel about the looting or the riots that are coming out of this. Don't, don't, don't talk about it. Uh, unless you're trying to educate someone or you're trying to refute something, don't talk about it. If you, if you think that the riots are, are in outcropping or they, they're growing out of the protests, which is true, then great. You don't have to talk about it. If you're, if you're going to say, well, I believe the, the, um, the message, but the looting, oh, that, that, they're, they're doing themselves a disservice. One, who are you saying they? Two, don't talk about it because if you really don't like it, then stop giving them attention. It's very simple. Because anytime you talk about it, if you talk about it in that vein, like in a negative sense, that you are driving a stake into the, uh, the movement. And if you're tweeting about it, then people that 
that like racists or people that want to dismantle the protests will use you as an example. So just don't talk about it. Just and if someone asks you about the protest, focus on the peaceful protesters or how the police are treating them. Focus on the positive aspect of everything because there is incredibly positive things to, that are happening right now. So that's just something I've been trying to tell people. Just if you're, if you're hating on the, 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 the riots or the looting, I'm not going to say anything about that. Just don't talk about it, especially don't just spew it online because it is going to be used by people that are way more hateful. The last thing before we go, we only have a couple minutes, things that you can do, sign petitions, contribute to bail funds for uh, people that have been arrested for, uh, for protesting. Um, Contribute to GoFundMes for businesses that have been uh, hurt during this time. Uh, there are local businesses. If you're going to write it, write Don't target local businesses. <laughs> Go to Target or something. Um, don't don't hurt your your local businesses. These are these are all things that are very important. We need to keep. We need to keep positive. We need to focus on the positive aspects, the, the, the reason why people are protesting across this country. There are a few days where there are protests in every single state. Every state, there has been a protest, even Alaska. It's crazy. So um, all 50. So I just want to make sure that people know that there are ways to help. They're going to be in the description of the show. And uh, just the last thing I want to say is no matter what, remain, remain hopeful, remain positive. And if you can help in any way, you should help in any way, even if it's going on the radio and just talking about it. <laughs> Even if it's just going online and telling your aunt that you're, my aunt's fine, but telling you, telling like a relative that, that what they're saying is, is racist or something that is, that is important. Too. So, um, remember look in the description for all these links that I'm going to be putting in instructions on how to, how to help, um, and, uh, keep your head up and try to be the helper that, that someone can, can look to. Yes, and uh, uh, may not, you may not, you probably won't get a chance to vote uh, in the, the next few weeks, but uh, if you aren't registered to vote, register to vote, because one thing we can do is, you know, vote out politicians who are calling for uh, the troops to murder, the, murder, murder us and vote in ones who, uh, you know, want to reform or abolish the police you know so all of these things matter um voting isn't 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 enough in itself but you know we're civil politics so we do believe in voting and 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 citizen participation and call your representatives no yes. matter where you are especially in massachusetts we know you're listening call your representatives especially in massachusetts because massachusetts has restrictions on mail-in voting so 
if we can remove those and just get mail-in ballots to everybody in the state, then that would be incredibly helpful. Uh, so, I, I, I just want to say, uh, if you, you have to give a reason to apply for an absentee ballot, but if you say, I'm worried about catching COVID-19, that's an acceptable reason. That yes. will give you a ballot for that. So We should remove that completely. Yeah, probably. But in the meantime, that is, you know, they're at least yes. recognizing the reality. Anyway. Now, there's a lot more we need to do. And, and you know, the cops in Boston aren't, aren't uh, blameless, for example, either. So, But we are at the uh, end of our time for tonight's episode of Civil Politics uh, here on Valley Free Radio. So thank you all for listening. And we'll be back with more next week. And uh, you can uh, catch us on the various po- our podcast on various uh, streaming services. And we'll have a rebroadcast next Monday at 4. So thanks for listening, everyone. Good night. Civil Politics is a member of the Planetside Podcast Network. To learn more, go to planetsidepodcasts.com.